Hallelujah. Let's give it up to the Lord today. Why don't you just take a minute and magnify the Lord? For he is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn to Acts chapter 28. Man, it feels good in here today. It feels good in here today. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 28. I give honor today to our Indiana superintendent, Bishop Gill. Thank you, sir, for the opportunity to come and minister today. I do not take it for granted. I give honor to uh, my former pastor, Bishop, uh, Brother Bolin. Appreciate you, sir. Almost said Bishop Bolin. It's got a good ring to it. I love Brother Bolin. I appreciate him for feeding into my life so many times. If I were to go through and list all of the men who have been uh, inspirational to me, Bishop St. Clair, I love you, sir. I know there were times that I disappointed you, times that I made you mad. But I thank you for loving me. I love my bishop, Bishop Fredericks. I love that man. Thank you for the word he puts in my life on a weekly basis. I love my dad. He's here today. I remember growing up. And uh, is, is this all right? Can I? Thank you. I remember growing up and every night. Before we went to bed, dad would come to my room. He'd say, Bri, how many gods are there? I'd say, there's one God, daddy. I'd say, are there two gods? I'd say, no, daddy, there's only one God. So are there three gods? No, dad, there's only one God. That's right, Bri. Never forget, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. I'm thankful that I've got a heritage. And I tell you every night before I go to bed, and if I forget, my son will come up to me and say, Daddy, we forgot to do the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Hallelujah. Thankful to my youth board, all your work that you've done all these years. So many people have been a part of this. So many people have worked tirelessly. And I'm grateful for it. One person in particular, and that's my beautiful wife. She is prettier than any other woman in this place. And I'll fight you for it. I love my wife. I'm grateful that she has been by my side, has been a helpmate to me. 
give honor to her. Acts chapter 28, verses 3 through 6. If you're there, say amen. If you're not, oh me. A couple of you. Acts chapter 28, verses 3 through 6. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said among themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not to live. And he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Howbeit they looked when, they, when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said, this was a God. We know there's no other God but Jehovah. Amen. I'd like to take a few moments of your time and talk to you on this topic right here. When the snakes come to the meeting. When the snakes come to the meeting. Put your Bibles down and put your hands in the air. Give the Lord a shout of praise today, would you? Hallelujah, God. I love you, Jesus. Old Bishop Bingham said, give the Lord a 47 Psalms. Hallelujah. You can be seated today. Thank you so much for the reverence of the reading of the word. Acts chapter 27 sees our good friend Paul. Paul is on a journey. And this isn't some pleasure cruise he's on. He's not on a vacation somewhere. He's not taking a sightseeing trip. There's no destinations that Paul is heading to. No scenic routes that he's going to stop by. No restaurants that he plans to frequent on this journey. There's, there's no enjoyment, no beach that he plans on leaning back and taking in the sun and enjoying himself on this sea voyage. But Paul, like many of the men on this boat that he is on, is a prisoner, shackled and in chains. Paul is on his way to Rome from Caesarea. And on that way, a storm comes up. And Paul goes to the centurion, the man who's watching over the slaves, and he says, there's a storm coming, and uh, I advise that we take a step back and just wait. The centurion goes and listens to the captain of the vessel and listens to the owner of the ship, and they both say it's smooth sailing. We don't have storms this time of year. And so they decide to go against the man of God. Now, can I tell you today that it doesn't matter what the world says? Can I tell you that it doesn't, this is, it it doesn't matter what the world says. When God says go, you better go. And when God tells you to stay, you better stay. 
So they go ahead and they get on the boat and sure enough, a storm comes. And the Bible says, for many days the storm raged till the ship began to sink. And so the soldiers said, let's, let's go ahead and kill these prisoners. That way they don't escape. You know, these are, these are bad fellows. We don't want them roaming around the streets. And so Paul said, listen, if you let everybody live, everybody will get to shore and nobody will die and you won't lose a single one. But if you kill them, there's going to be problems. And so they all get off and those who can swim, they jump out in the boat and they're doggy paddling or backstroking or the, the frog thing, whatever that is. And those who can't swim, they grab a hold of a barrel and they jump in or grab a hold of a plank of wood and they swim to shore. And the storm's raging and the lightning's flashing and the wind's blowing and they're cold where they are. They're, they're cold there on that ground. And so there's barbarians in the area and the barbarians build them a fire. And they're enjoying that fire, getting the warmth. Uh, I, I like doing, I like uh, survival things. Uh, I like, uh, anybody in here like Survivor or anybody in here ever watch the show Alone? Now, we've, I, I'll be honest, we've got a monitor at our house. We, we don't have cable because I tell you there's nothing good on it. But I, I like, there, there's one or two things I like watching. I like survival uh, episodes on YouTube. And I like, I subscribe to Alone and I watch that. And Alone takes 10 guys, 10 people, and they put them in uh, uh, the wilderness somewhere. And they have items that they can take with them. And they have to survive. And the one that survives the longest well, that person wins and they get something out of it. But there's rules of three in survival. And that's you can survive uh, three days without water, three hours without shelter, and three minutes without air. And then it goes on at, you know, three weeks without food and so on and so forth. But in three hours time hypothermia can set in in the kind of conditions that they're in. And so a fire is built to keep them warm. There's a, there's a fire that is built. And Paul goes and he gathers up some sticks and he puts those sticks on the fire. See, Paul wasn't willing to go and have enjoyment out of a fire that he didn't contribute to. Paul wasn't willing to step out and, and, and have the, the, the pleasure of the fire. He wasn't willing to step out and receive the benefit that comes with there being fire present and not add to it. Can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that if we're not careful, we'll come to church and we'll, we'll go ahead and, man, we'll enjoy the singing and we'll enjoy what's happening. We'll enjoy the preaching. We'll sit back and think, oh, man, what a good old time. And you don't realize that there's been some preparation that's been put out there. There's been some, some foundations that's been laid. There's, there's been some prayers in that prayer room. There's some people, oh God, they won't even visit their prayer room, but man, they'll come into church and just enjoy the benefits without ever contributing to the fire. And Paul said, I will not sit in front of a fire that I have not contributed to. Young person, can I tell you, when you head on home, 
home, you need to contribute to the fire at your church. Don't let mom and daddy dance for you. Don't let grandma and aunt Susie and sister Betty dance for you. It's time that we step out and we start adding to that fire. We need to be the first ones out there shouting and juking and jiving and worshiping the Lord because somebody has started that fire. Somebody kept that fire going when the wind was raging and the storm was coming and the rain was falling. Somebody was adding to that fire and saints, we cannot allow allow a generation to go by where we have not added to that fire. Paul added to that fire because he wasn't going to come and stand in front of a fire that he didn't help contribute to. Tonight, you're going to hear some amazing preaching. There's going to be some fantastic singing. But I'm telling you, before the first note is struck, before the first word is read, there needs to be some young people in the altar of this church praising God, bringing down the power of the Holy Ghost because there needs to be a fire and we've got to be the ones to add to it so Paul goes and he gathers some sticks and throws it in the fire and out of that heat comes a viper latches onto him I don't I don't like snakes I don't I don't like snakes they're not as bad as spiders I can be in a room with a snake. Now, I'm not going to put it around my neck like a boa like some people do, but I don't put boas around my neck either, just so. <laughs> my cousin, he had, he had snakes for a long time. Might still. Uh, my cousin Shannon used to have snakes. Doesn't anymore. He had all kinds of Burmese python and Boa constrictors and ball pythons. He had this one that it was, it was so big that, well, I'm not going to tell you what he fed it, but uh, people go varmint hunting for him. But it was so big that he would feed these animals to him. It was, that thing was every bit of uh, eight inches from one side to the next. And one day he goes and cleans out that, that uh, reptile enclosure that he has. It's not a cage anymore. It's this big thing he had to build and... It was right around the time of a snake's molting. And so snakes shed their skin. And so he goes and lays the whole thing out. And he's being real careful and ginger. He, he got that snake from just a wee little thing. He bought it. A real small snake. Wasn't any much bigger than your pinky when he first got it. Raised that snake up. And he was there with his, his friend. And that snake just came back. And all of a sudden charged right out at my cousin and his friend stepped on his tail and he said that snake came right at his face. He could see, he could see the mouth open wide of that snake right in front of his face. Saying to God, that snake's going to bite. That snake's going to bite. But you know what I noticed about this story here? That snake was always present. That snake didn't just come up on the scene. It didn't just, it didn't just come up as, 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 as Paul was gathering up sticks. That snake was always there. And that snake was content 
with Paul sitting at the fire. Oh, but he didn't like it when Paul started to add to the fire. Some of you are smelling what I'm stepping in right now. See, the devil's perfectly fine with you coming to church. He, he doesn't like it. Don't get me wrong. He's not like, oh, yeah, good job, man. You're coming to church. Hey, he doesn't like it. The devil don't like it. I remember that old song, devil don't like it, but I don't care. Ha, 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 ha. Some of you don't even know. The devil's okay with you coming to church. He's okay with you coming to youth class. and He's okay with you coming to choir practice and this and that. And he, You know, he's, he's all right if, if, you, if you sit on the back row of your church and you just kind of just sit there and enjoy yourself. Listen, but when you start adding to the fire, that's when the snake shows up. I told you earlier, you've got to add to the fire. But understand that when you add to the fire, that's when that snake's going to rise up its head. See, he's okay with you just sitting there. He's okay with you sitting back in the presence of the fire. But when you start creating that fire, when you start soaking the flames of revival, I want you to know that the devil's going to rear his ugly head. I'm talking to somebody in this place. If you're feeling a right now if you feel like the devil's got your number if you feel like the devil's on your case and he's striking out at you that might be because you're right on the edge of revival it might be because you're right on the edge of something great and you've stirred up the hornet's nest as it were but I'm here today to tell you saint of God that you stoke up that fire anyway you build that revival in your church you come to church early praying you go fasted. You sacrifice a meal or two. You push yourself away from the table. And I guarantee that when the snake comes, he may bite you, but he won't hurt you. That snake's going to come. It's an inevitability. When you begin to stoke the fires of revival at your church, when you go to your pastor and say, Pastor, what do you need from me? What can I do? How can I help? The devil goes, whoa, wait a minute. Ooh, I don't like that. You can be seated. He don't like that. When you start adding to the fire, that's when he strikes. Because he don't want you building your church. Oh, don't you dare. You can go to your youth group, but don't you dare invite anybody to it. You start adding to that, that's when the devil strikes. And he's going to hit you. Some people, oh God, I can't believe this is happening to me. I'm doing what's right. I'm praying. I'm fasting. And then the devil comes against me. Well, yeah. That's what he does. That's what snakes do. That's what they do. And it's okay. Because that's what he does. But you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put more wood on the fire. You can bite me, devil. You can come against me. But I'm putting more wood on that fire. Ah, oh, you can strike as much as you want, devil. But I read a scripture that says, Greater is he that is in me. Than he that is in the world. <laughs> 
against me, devil. That's all right. Because there's a revival fire stoken. Ah. That fire stoken and that snake strikes. God, I'm trying to do what's right. Why am I getting bit? Isaiah 54, 17, it's on my wall in my office. No weapon formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue brought against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and my righteousness is of them, saith the Lord. The Bible does not say that no weapons will come against you. The Bible doesn't say that people won't say bad things about you. The Bible doesn't say that people won't lie about you. The Bible doesn't say that people aren't going to try to hurt you and come against you. What the Bible says is when they come against you. When they come against you. No weapon. He didn't say that they weren't going to form them. He didn't say they wouldn't be built. But he said that when they're formed, those weapons that are formed, they won't prosper. They're not going to prosper. I'm here today to tell you, young person, that if you've got somebody coming against you and you're standing in the will of God, if you're living for truth, that enemy might come in, but he won't win. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't care if you come against me, devil. You won't win. I'm a whole lot older and a whole lot fatter than I used to be. But we used to sing in our, a song in our church that said, no matter what the weapon is, I want you to know that I win. And then we do one of these things. Those weapons are going to come, young person. I'm going I'm to move a little bit back. I'm going to move back to the high-rise seats. Elder, you might not understand why things are coming against you right now. You might not understand, but I'm here today to tell you, as well as these young people, that there might be weapons brought against you, but they're not going to make it. You've gone way too long and you've went way too far to give up on your walk with God now. And there's some people up here on the first three to four rows that need to see some elder saints say, I'm going to stick it out. Don't give up now. Don't give in now. It's time for revival. Bible says I press towards the mark of the prize of the high calling. Sometimes it's a press, saints. Sometimes it's a press. Sometimes it's a little harder than it is on other days. I remember one man saying that living for God hard is easy 
living for God easy is hard. And I can tell you that it's hard to live for God easy. But it's hard to live for God hard too. That's why Paul said, if I had faith in Christ in this life only, I'd be above all men most miserable. Why was he saying there? I sure am glad there's a heaven because I don't like this some days. Some days it's real hard. I'm really glad that I've got something to look forward to. Those snakes are going to come. It's in its nature. (laughs) But it will not prosper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what does he do with that snake? What does Paul do when that snake comes against him? He shakes it off. But Bishop, where does he shake it off? Into the weeds. It don't affect me. It don't hurt me. It's all right. I'm not going to get hurt by this viper. I can shake it off anywhere. That's all right. No weapon formed against me, right? But who else is sharing that fire? There's some barbarians there at that fire. There's a a centurion there at that fire. There's a captain of a vessel and there is some prisoners there at that fire. It's not just Paul in all of this. So what does Paul do? He shakes it into the fire. Why? Because he said, I'm not going to let what comes after me come after somebody else. When sin comes into the youth group, don't you just ignore it. Don't you just let it go. Because if we're not careful, that it can spread to one, to the next, to the next. It's time that we kill sin. We can't just let it live. We can't just let it grow. We can't just let it multiply. We've got to kill sin where it stands. My God, too many of us have become uh, complacent in our sin killing. Bishop St. Clair, we're content with shadow boxing with the devil. That's an oldie right there. But a goodie. I remember a man in the Bible, a king man of God comes to him and he says, I want you to take that air and I want you to pull it back and I want you to let it go. He pulls back. He's, he's a trained archer, right? He's the king of Israel. He knows how to shoot an arrow. He's a man of war. It's right up his alley. Pulls back that arrow, lets it go. Shows his talent and ability. And the man of God says, all right, take those same arrows and I want you to slap them on the ground. Well, that's silly. What's that going to do? That doesn't show my warrior prowess. So he goes and he takes it and boom, boom, boom. Man of God says, oh, I wish you'd have hit it four or five times. Because now when the enemy comes against you, you're going to push him away three times. If you'd have hit him five or six times, you'd have annihilated him. 
Paul, when, when that viper come up against him, he didn't just push it away to come back again. He didn't push it away so that, so that it could come back and attack something else. He said, this is going in the fire. Oh, mighty God, there's young people in this room that have repented and repented when the enemy comes, but you've not killed it in your life. You've repented over it. You've pushed it away. You've apologized. You've shaken it off, and for a season, it's been good, but that snake just comes right back. It's time this week, it's time this week, young people, that we begin to shake some things off in the fire. Some of you have walked in this week with things attached to you. You're dragging some things in. You've got some snakes biting on your heels. You've got some snakes holding on to your hands. Oh, I can raise my hand with the viper still attached to me. I shake it off and it comes right back. We're here at camp this week. I wish somebody would just take one of those snakes that has followed you into this campground and you let it burn on the fire of the altar. That you lay some things down before God and you don't just shake them off, but you let them be burned up by the fire of the Holy Ghost. You let that sin be burned away. God oh God oh Jesus
Somebody call on the Lord right now. Bishop Gill, if that fire wasn't stoked, they could never have shaken anything off into that fire. I'm going to open up this altar right now to some young people. And I'm going to ask you to come here as the musicians come. You may not be going through anything right now. You may be all hunky-dory in your life. Things may be going well for you. But just remember, there may be somebody next to you that that snake could attack. It's time that we stoke the fire, not just for ourselves, but for somebody else. We stoke that fire, not for ourselves, but for someone else. As you're praying, I want to close with this story right here. A woman had a snake as a pet. And that snake would come and it, she would put it in her bed with her. And she'd sleep with it and she'd feed it by hand. And she'd make little sweaters for it. That snake became a part of the family. Every night she'd pick the snake up and put it in her bed and sleep with her like a little dog. After a while, that snake began to stretch itself out near that woman. That snake would stretch itself out and lay next to her. And she thought it was because that snake was, was cold and wanted her warmth. Then she noticed that that snake quit eating. She noticed that when she would feed that snake little mice or little pellets, that that snake wouldn't eat those pellets. But every night that snake would stretch out next to her in that bed. And so finally she took that snake to the vet and said, Doc, I think something's wrong with this snake. It's not eating like it used to. It stretches up against me to keep warm. And that vet said, you need to get rid of that snake immediately. You need to remove that snake from your house. She said, well, why? She said, that snake, he said, that snake stretching up alongside of you. It's not getting warmth for the Gobin. It's sizing you up for a meal. There's some young people in here who have went too long with vipers attached to them. You come in and you play church 
You sit on the pews. You enjoy yourself. It's time that we get the snakes out of the meeting. It's time that we get the snakes out of the meeting. If you're playing church, if you're adding to the word, if you're creating false Holy Ghost, you need to stop it right now. It's time we get the snakes out of the meeting. In the name of Jesus.